it under 100. Folks, welcome back to the Keep It Under 100 podcast. It has been a while, so figured me and AJ, the co-host, are just going to bring it all back for you today. AJ, how's it going? I'm a little tired, marginally hungover. Been per per usual, what yeah. was last night? Last night was a wedding, the night before that was a surprise 60th. And we just got back from Florida, Florida last week. Last week, and I've been waking up at 5 a.m. the last two days of golf. So I'm tired. I respect that. But I'm good. Okay. Well, we got a lot to catch up on. It's been, what, almost... Two weeks? Two, two full weeks? Two full weeks since we got together, so... We were in the middle of the WGC, so before that, let's uh, let's do let's address the state of our games. So, I can kick us off. We were a day out. No, we were a couple days out of a playoff match. Round one, last time we did this. Last time we did this. So you talked through your. Oh no, you were playing short the next day. The next day, so we didn't get to play. That's true. So, so how'd that go? Uh, well, short I think shot a seventy-eight. So. Second best round of his life. Yeah, after shooting the best round of his life. I shot a 90, I think, that day. 90 or 91. Yeah. And we lost in a playoff. I lost in a playoff hole. Yep. And I, I witnessed, to the playoff hole. I witnessed the send it to the playoff moment. Because I saw Short had about 50 feet from the back of the green on 18. And you guys were square at that point, right? We were all square because I won 17. Yep. I will, he was on shoot hitting his birdie putt. I was yeah, on about a par putt. I had like twenty foot, foot par putt for par. So short drains the fifty footer for birdie. And I'm stroking on the hole too. Stroking on the hole, so he drains it to give himself a chance. Which I had no, didn't think in my like right. any of my dreams a, that he would have made that putt. It's a shock to the system in match play too, because you go from thinking, all right, well, he two putts, this is for the win. Yeah. And now you're thinking, fuck. Like I, I have to make, have this, to make this to putt. extend this match. And I did. And he drains it on top of him. So they go back to the tee. And was it your second shot that My, screwed you? Yeah, so he ended up right into the trees, but his was just far enough that the tree wasn't an issue. I ended up in the middle of the fairway, probably. It wasn't a very good drive. I think I had like 170 left. And up to the point where anything from like 170 to 210 just hit my hybrid. Right. Various grips and swing. Yeah. And I hit my only bad hybrid shot of the day and just fucking cold topped it to the and right. You had some tree trouble in your backswing. Tree your trouble on my third. And I had, I ended up having a putt for, bo- putt for bogey that would have had the hole again and put us so back Mike, into the playoff. So Mike went way right off the tee, threw it over the trees, gave himself about a 20 foot birdie putt up the hill. Which he missed, so he made par, and then you had your kind of eighteen-ish. No, it was like it was like thirty, thirty-five feet. It was almost as, it was almost quite as far as where Shorts was. <clears throat> oh, he was inside of you. You putted first, and then he needed to two putt for the win. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I, yeah, put, yeah. I putted first. I was yeah, yeah. further out, and, and you made almost, a great putt. And almost it just went burned, in. It burned the edge. Yeah, and then Mike, Mike two putted to win the match, so he advanced. And then you felt the wrath of Mike the following week. I didn't play Mike. Oh. I played the other Mike. You so, did feel the wrath of a Mike then. So yeah, uh, Mike Short advanced. He played uh, Ryan Alexander. Yeah, Coast Guard Ryan, who's been I playing some great golf too. He has, but he was struggling. He couldn't keep it in the fairway. Mike played about the same. Didn't hit it quite as well with the irons. I think he ended up shooting like 82, but he... I mean, he's been playing... So he, we need to get on the pod to talk about what he's been doing. He handled his match. He won, I think, 3-1 and one or 2-1 and one or something. 
and then me and Yacht had a pretty good match. Nobody was ever more than one up. Yacht won the first hole, I think. I won the third. No, he birdied the third hole. I won the second hole. I won the fourth hole. It was back and forth. I think I had a one-up lead going to 10. Missed about a 7-foot birdie putt on 9 to go 2 up at the turn, I think. Would have been nice. Yeah. Mind um, you, I'm, I wasn't there for this. I was in Florida, so I got to miss the playoff action. Yeah. Uh, came down just a couple errant swings that ended up costing me. I think I was... I bird. I almost hold it. Almost made a hole in one on fourteen at St. Clair Shores. That'd been nice. Hit it to about a foot. Where was the pin? Front left? No, it was back. So it, it was middle they've been, right. They've been they've putting been it back there a lot now. Yeah. I kind of so, like that. I like it too. So this is a one seven, one sixty to one eighty ish par three over a little. Um, a, that's a man-made pond. That's right? a man-made. Yeah, it's not. It's not natural. And you're you're going over a pond, and then there's this huge wide. But it's a long. Thin green. So when you're looking at it over the bunker, it deep. looks like you have nowhere to hit it. You really don't, too. I mean, anything. If, usually, anything you land there is going to run through. Right. For so the most they, part. So they stuck the pin over the bunker, and the green, like front to back, is probably only 15 yards wide in that section. Um, but I hit. I had a good shot. Stuck it to a foot. That put me one up. I think. I think. Anyway, doesn't matter. 15 hit a perfect drive. Yacht had topped, or pull hooked his tee shot on 15 into the trees. He had 205, I think, to the pin. So you figure he's got about 180. Pull hooked it to the trees like the right trees straight on. So he had about 205 to the pin. Had about 180 to clear the water. Yeah, and he hits a five iron out of some thick rough, and it was coming in low. It hit just over the bank of the water. Rolled up. I thought it was going to stop right next to the pin. It rolled all. It rolled all the way off the back. So Jeez. I'm sitting like 120 out in the fairway, thinking in, into I got the wind, this. thinking all I got to do is hit this on the green. And odds are, he's going to have to make a putt to tie me. Just a nice cold shank right into the water. <laughs> um, Those are the worst. We're just talking about how they just yeah. pop up every now and again. And yeah. And it's at that point. It's unless you're getting it repeatedly. It's not even a mental thing at that point. It was just a flawed. I tried to get too steep and was kind of leaning on it too much yeah. so I got too close to the ball and then you just bring the hosel into play and, um, I'd done it earlier in the day on 11 actually so you got your one out of the way and snuck back up by you snuck back yeah. up by you in the because it's one of those where you're not worried about it like I wasn't thinking about it at all and it just pops up out of nowhere no because usually you're, I mean for me my swing thoughts like don't it's not don't shank it's don't slice it like right. you don't, I don't really have a ton of Shanks. So I it's, lost that hole, got it back to square. Uh, 16 is a long par 4. That's the number one handicap at St. Clair Shores, so I was given a stroke. Um, which it shouldn't be. The hole, it's just, it's not even that long. It's just, it always plays the into the wind, hole. too. It's their longest par yeah. 4. But anyway, uh, he was just short of the green, chipped up, had, I don't know, I think he chipped it to gimme distance, and I had, I would have had to... I, I had to drain. I would have had to have drained like a 35-footer for birdie that I just, you know, just left it short. Uh, we have 17, and then he made par on 18 and that we also have. Yeah. So lost one up. And then in my Thursday league, this past Thursday, I had my semifinal match in the playoffs. Lost to our buddy Ryan Phillips. Oh, he beat you? 
Yeah. So I was giving him three, but the strokes ultimately didn't even matter. We both we both doubled the the first hole, so I guess it didn't matter on that hole. Um This got a lot of playoff losses so for you this past week. Yeah, so he he won ten. I got it back on eleven. I won eleven and twelve. And I won 13. So I was two up through four holes. He was plus six through four holes. Played the next four holes two under. And I lost the match two and one. That is... He had two wedges to about four feet total. (laughs) And I had two bad chips in that stretch that cost me halves on the two holes that... that, um, He did That he parred, right. So one, lost the first hole, won three in a row, lost four in a row to lose the match. That's a heartbreak. That's like when I played short the previous week, I was up three, I think, through eight. Yeah. And then I ended up losing. I think I was down yeah. two at one point because he rattled up a bunch of wins in a row. Yeah. So now it's good. It's getting into outing season, so I just need to find that extra motivation to start working towards towards next year. Yeah, I got my golf trip coming up. Then I'm going to get fitted for new irons. Yeah. I was just thinking the same thing. I think there's new irons in my future as well. Because I hate hitting anything that is... Don't like my four iron at all. Six iron's useless right now. It's not really about the quality of my clubs. It's that the fact that my swing has changed over the past like year and a half just enough to where I don't think my clubs actually fit me anymore for my for the swing that I'm trying to hit. Because I'm at this point, I feel like I'm making good swings, but I'm hardly ever hitting the ball like on the line I'm intending to. Yeah. With the flight I'm intending to, so I. It could be a both. More than likely, it's still bad swings, but <laughs> I want to make sure. Yeah, you just got to double check. Need a professional opinion. I think I, I think I may have eradicated the slice as well, or at least the heavy slice with just a little grip strength on uh, the bottom hand off the tee. Yeah. So haven't had many slices the last two rounds. And I just got to figure out how to hit a driver. Yeah, that would be helpful. <laughs> I'm going three wood off the, every tee is a. Okay. Uh, painful at times, especially when I'm going up north uh, to Shanty Creek. Some long yeah. holes there that will... Okay, so let's, before we backtrack a little bit and get into the men's golf that we missed, uh, the women's Brit, formerly British Open concluded today, and uh, it kind of gave me nightmares. So there's two, it was, uh, there's two people, it was a Nana Quartz Madsen, I don't know, that is a name, it's probably butchered, uh, was tied with Anna Norquist on the last hole of a major for a major and Norquist was on the green about 20 feet putting for birdie Madsen left it short right in a bunker and it was a bunker then another bunker then the green so it was a fairly long bunker shot probably about a 30 yard bunker shot and she was on a slight downhill just a cold hard shank out of the bunker out of the bunker all the way to the right other side of the green into the tall shit just a bad, bad luck. So not how you want to see that. So she ended up going from, what, tied to first? I think she finished fifth? I think she tied for second. We're talking about Nana. Yeah. Oh, she's tied fifth. Oh, shit, she did. She dropped two. She made double. Because she chipped on and then missed the putt. That's right. And then uh, Norquist two-putted for, almost drained it, lipped out her birdie putt. And so she ended up winning. But that was today. So let's backtrack a little bit to the WGC St. Jude uh, Invitational. FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Yep. A lot of names. Doesn't matter. WGC uh, Abe Answer ends up winning winning a 
in a playoff. That's is that his first? That's his first PGA Tour winner. First PGA Tour winner. Yeah, been a just one of the best ball strikers for a long time. Uh, not the longest hitter, but always contending. So that was a was that a three man playoff? Three man playoff with uh, Matsuyama and Burns. Sam Burns. Two holes. Yeah. So the putting. I had a, a stat about Hideki that week that I wanted to bring up. Just so putting stats for him? It was, I think Hideki shot like a 63 or something on Sunday to get into that playoff. Mm-hmm. And there was a stretch from late Saturday into early Sunday where Hideki had only made five putts longer than five. This is from Kyle Porter, uh, at Kyle Porter CBS on Twitter. <coughs> Hideki only made five putts longer than five feet over a 32-hole stretch. What would you guess under par he was in that span? In the last two rounds? No, this was like a 32-hole stretch from like Saturday into Sunday. Um, I mean, I know what he was, but I'll just... I I don't know. He was Uh, 12 under on that stretch, over 32 holes, and he only made five putts longer than five feet. That's how good his iron play has been. He's sticking close, baby. And that's kind of like a cataclysm of... uh, of Hideki's career, like his yeah. tee to green is so good that his putting almost doesn't even matter. And uh, if he if he gets on a heater, that's when he starts yeah. winning tournaments. So Harris English choked, had the lead for most of the tournament. Him uh, and had a, had, a, had a putt on eighteen from about I don't know twelve feet to get into the playoff, missed it. They ended up getting uh, put on the clock at some point or almost put on the clock at some point in the back nine due to a ruling issue with with Bryson. I did not watch because I was in Fort Myers and I was really drunk. On but the they beach. ended up getting put on the clock at some point, and you could hear, like, several times throughout how the broadcast, off. you could hear. It, English wasn't mad. But he, like, how pissed off was Bryson? He's always pissed off, though. He was popping all over the course. He wasn't even playing that good. But uh, English, you could hear him multiple times say how he doesn't like to rush. Yeah. And you could tell he was rushing his pro- process, and it showed. So I have a, a picture of the leaderboard here at one point. Why don't you, why don't you read that for us? Oh, English was at minus 20. DeChambeau, yeah. minus 18. So that's through nine holes. Through nine. Okay, and then what's what's next? What's third at? Matsuyama, Smith, and Answer all at minus 15. 15. So English had a two-shot lead on Bryson. And a five-shot lead on third place through nine holes, well, and he go, didn't even get. Pl- if you go plus five on the on the back nine, that's going to happen. That's and exactly he, what he did. And he didn't even get into the playoff. That was from a, a no laying up tweet, and it was like, yeah, normal sport. This neither of these guys won. Just what's well, like getting a little ahead of ourselves, but like for this week's the Northern Trust, Cam Smith came out of nowhere. And now he's in the first place. Yeah, you just Hideki had one of those rounds where he got into the mix and did I mean, just enough. And then Sam Burns had that had a just crazy unfair lip out on the playoff hole that ultimately won it for answer. Yeah. Well, Burns an untimely uh, double on thirteen in the last in the last nine. Yeah, definitely hurts for sure. Well, hats off to Abe Answer. Uh, and that tournament concluded... Round one of the FedEx. No, no, no. The, this tournament does. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, the the St. Jude concluded the regular season for um, for the PGA Tour going into the playoffs. So I got some uh, stat leaders 
for the season as we think about, like, obviously the FedEx Cup counts towards player of the year, but maybe we go through and just kind of give our view of what we think the player of the year looks like as of now going into the playoffs. But we got a scoring average leader on the season, John Rahm, not a surprise, 69.4 strokes gained total, 2.028 John Rahm. Strokes gained off the tee, also not a surprise. Bryson, 1.1. Colin Morikawa, strokes gained approach, 1.395. Huge. Strokes gained putting, Louie, 0.937. That guy's putting is amazing. Oh, yeah. His weird kind of stroke stroke the shaft setup. Yeah, he gives a little little tug. I was doing that earlier before he came over. (laughs) Uh, Bryson. Uh, driving distance 321.5. Brendan Todd driving accuracy hitting 75.34% of fairways. Most top 10 finishes, John Rahm with 12. And the leader in greens and regulation, Cameron Percy, 72.58%. And that's from uh, Golf TV. So as we think about player of the year, ignoring what's happening right now in the Northern Trust. We got to think about so a couple people. Why don't we back? Why don't we go through the people that kind of missed the playoffs this year? That's that's a surprise to us. That are clearly out of the running of Player of the Year. I mean, I talk about him all the time. It was disappointing how well Ricky Flower was playing. Then just to have a very poor last two weeks and put him himself yeah. to like one thirty four. He seemed he really seemed like he was kind of on his way back, and then two times where two tournaments where he really needed to make something happen and just didn't do it. Justin Rose. Missing is a is a shock. Really hasn't been in form. No, the last not at year, all. year and a half. But he had fourteen in a row. Fourteen years in a row. Years in a oh, row making the FedEx Cup. Okay, the FedEx Cup. Okay. And who else is on that list? There's I mean, there's a few guys that made that every year so far. Yeah. So we have nine in total. Uh, Adam Scott, Cooch, Chucky, Three Sticks, Bubba, Phil, whose streak now ended, Ryan Moore. Snedeker, Rose, and Charlie Hoffman. So how many of those made the playoffs this year then? So uh, I know Scott I think, did. So I think... Did Bubba? I think Bubba did. He was at 66 at the time that this article came out. Let me double check right now. 66. He should be well within the the top 125. Yeah. So I think it's just... I doubt Chucky 3-6 made Chucky it. Chucky 3-6 did not I doubt it. Ryan Moore made it. I'm looking through it right now. Well, that's okay. I mean, fair amount of guys that have made it 14 years in a row. That's pretty crazy. Actually, I can't find more at all on this list, so you could make it. It's, I can't read. But I think other notables that missed it. Fleetwood, I think, is a notable for missing. So not only missed the FedEx Cup playoffs, I have a weird stat about him. That It's not a weird stat. So he played 18 PGA Tour events this year, only missed the cut in four of them. And he actually, this is from uh, the par train on Twitter. He actually lost his tour card. What? Yeah, Tommy Fleetwood has not lost his PGA Tour membership. Just didn't earn it for next year. Interesting. He probably has a fair amount of exemptions, like uh, yeah, like money list. Money list for um, sure. But he did not earn his tour card next year. Yeah, only missing four. I mean, he has two top tens, so it's not like he wasn't ever in the mix. Yeah. That's just. Very interesting. That wasn't even rehearsed for me to bring that up or bring him up. I was yeah, it's crazy. 
Um, okay. That's, okay. I mean, those so, are really the only notables that didn't make it. So, when we're thinking about Player of the Year, I mean, you kind of have to look at the FedEx Cup, and obviously you're going to look at the outcome of these next three playoff events. But as it stands now, we got a pretty good list of the guys you know, that not only have wins, but a bunch of top tens. So, Rom, we already said, has the most top tens. He does have the one win and kind of the second win. If yeah. you count his, what, six-shot lead six that he Six-shot lead, yeah. On I mean, Saturday at Bay Hill. Or, a, not Bay Hill. From a standpoint the of... From a standpoint of who's been playing the best... Right. Rom, week in and week out, yeah. looks so, like he is the best player in the world. Okay, so before we get into that list, I have a Rom stat, also from Kyle Porter, who actually got the stat via Data Golf. Are we, data are we putting Kyle Porter on, a, on salary here with us? I wish. They have a great podcast, too, called... Uh, first cut or something but anyway so number one golfer in strokes in the stro- total strokes gained statistic John Rahm if you look at every increment going back five years here it is so three months four months five months six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve months so at every point the last twelve months two years three years four years five years John Rahm Going back five years, according to strokes gained, John Rahm has been the best player in the world the last five years. I mean, I'm not going to... You can't disagree with that. I mean, if you if you watch it, golf yeah. every weekend... Right. It's so, you know, whole uh, finishes and wins don't add up to get him... He is number one in the world now. But yeah. Obviously, he was only, I think, once one other time throughout the last five years. He doesn't have the wins that DJ does or JT does. But, you know, statistically... Best player in the world the last five years, John Rahm. And then the other side of people that you, if you watch, while they may be in the conversation mm-hmm. of player of the year, they're just not playing very well. Bryson, two wins, seven top tens. I'm sure that people will give him the, the vote, but if you watch him, it just seems like everything's so labored for him. Yeah, he just, either makes it look really easy with a nice 64, yeah. or it's an incredibly difficult... Like so he, he looks like how I feel when I'm golfing. So I think it was the first round of the Northern Trust, actually. He had nine birdies, and he only had two pars. Yeah. Shot even par. Even par. <coughs> Sorry. Um, other guys on that list, Louis, which crazy to talk about because he doesn't have any wins. No PGA Tour wins, by the way, for Louis. But he had eight top tens this year, and three of them were top fives in majors. So it's definitely in the conversation. Probably not with the guys that have wins, but um, Stu Sink, two wins, three top tens. I think Stuart Sink should be the player of the year based on the fact that he's won twice ever since he switched with his son having being his caddy <laughs> and him being, like, what, 48? I think he's 48. Just a career revival. Jason Kokrak, two wins, eight, also eight top tens. Like we said, Bryson, two wins, seven top tens. Harris English. Two wins, eight top tens, and should probably have two more wins. Yeah, a collapse. Um, and Patrick Cantlay, two wins and five top tens. I wouldn't have thought Cantlay was on that list. I don't remember him winning two events. Let me pull up which two he won this Yeah, year. and then you got, obviously, you got probably the favorite to win it going into the playoffs, Morikawa. Two wins, eight top tens, and one of those wins being the Open Championship, obviously. Yeah, I would say Morikawa is going to be... Probably the player of the year, pending something, you know, much different happening. 
over the next three weeks? Yeah, that's a tough call. I, I mean, 12 top 10s is a lot. Obviously, it's going to come down to the playoffs, but who would your pick be if we didn't count the playoffs? So if they had did regular season FedEx or player of the year stat, who it'd be John Rom for me. If you pick John Rom. Just, I mean, the I, amount of top 10s, he's in the mix every single week, basically. Yeah. And he's just playing so well across I think, the board. I think you got to go Morikawa just because... Not only does he have two wins, but one of them is a major. So he did close out that other tournament. And he yeah. still has a top ten. So I'm not going to be. I'm not going to argue. Not mad either he way. Wouldn't, he wouldn't. I would win. also listen to Jordan Spieth. So Cantley won the Memorial. Yes. And he won the Zozo at the start of the <coughs> quote-unquote oh, right. season last year. So otherwise, I wouldn't have thought of him having all that great of a season. Also, two-time Memorial champ, Patrick Cantley. Just because Jordan Spieth came back, and I love Jordan Spieth, I feel like they should give it to him. Jordan Spieth has been playing. You see the uh, his hole the other day where he just hit that bad boy way right, and then 250 over the water. Hit a draw around the trees. Around the trees. So, well, and then chipped in. So that'll segue us perfectly into the Northern Trust that's going on right now. Well, not right now, actually, because of the hurricane possibility. The final round of the Northern Trust has been pushed to tomorrow. Yep. But on 5 and 6 on, what was this, Thursday? Is it Thursday or Friday? Yeah, Eagle Eagle, right? It's Friday. Uh, Eagle Eagle, but not with any with zero putts. Yeah, one from like, what, 160 out or something no, like that? it was like 120. 120, and then the other um, was a chip in. A chip in, so random stat. This is from Justin Ray. Most hole outs off the green on the PGA Tour since 2013. So I got two guys... Spieth is second with 124 holeouts. 124 holeouts in eight years off the green. That's I don't insane. think I have 124 birdies in my life. No. Uh, number one, 128 holeouts. Who would you guess? Um, Just think about really good chippers of the golf ball. I mean, you saying that makes me want to think Phil, but I'm going to say Kisner. No, Patrick Reed. Patrick Reed. Okay. Just thought that was an insane number, insane number of holeouts. That's, I mean, that's, those are one of those stats that you're always like, all right, these guys are so much better. Oh yeah. Than like even when they miss the green, they have a chance to basically hit it in from everywhere. Um, random thing I saw so Thursday at the Northern Trust. Harry Higgs. I don't even know what he shot. I think he was like four, two under or four under. He didn't have a that great of a round. But he had strokes gained around the green of 5.92. He gained six shots on the field just around the greens. And Justin what Ray. What the hell was he doing the rest of the time? Justin Ray confirmed that that is the best single round strokes gained uh, around the green in the shot link era. I mean, six strokes gained against professionals in one category. And you said that was on Thursday? That was Thursday. Shot 69, nice. Yeah. He didn't have a great round on uh, no, Friday, I don't think. But anyway. A hey, friend uh, of the pod, Doug Gim, tied 24th. I think he, didn't he have a hole-in-one? I believe he did. I think he had a hole-in-one on Saturday, maybe. He's in the mix. I mean, we got a pretty good leaderboard. Let's, let's give this a little rundown here. So, <coughs> obviously we're talking about John Rahm a lot. 
John Rahm tied for the lead, opening 63 and then back-to-back 67s. Tied with Cam Smith, who goes 69-68-60 in round three. Had about a 10-foot putt for 59 that he didn't make, but him and Rahm tied for the lead. Eric Van Royen, one back. Side note, no hole in one for Doug Gim. Sorry. Oh, he just stuck it then. That was the video I saw. Yeah. Uh, Justin Thomas and Tony Finau, both at 14 under. Victor Hovland, Tom Hoagie, and Shane Lowry at 13 under. You got Harold Varner and uh, Corey Connors at 12. Nice. nice gaggle of people at 11 under. Keith Mitchell, Brooks Kepka, Xander, Xander uh, Cameron Tringali, and uh, Hudson Swafford, the Harris English lookalike, and Sam Burns, actually. You got Cantley kind of hanging around at 9 under. Harry Higgs at 8 under. Jordan Spieth at 7 under. Looked really good after a 62 on Friday, but um, 72 on Saturday. Kind of played himself out of it. Uh, We haven't looked at the bubble yet about the guys who aren't going to make the top 70, but we can talk about that next week. Kind of pull (coughs) what we're looking at. Uh, Harold Varner's on the bubble right now at 72. So he might but be playing he, himself. I mean, he's T nine, so yeah, he's he might be playing himself in. Right. Uh, Joel Damon might be playing himself in. Damon. Joel Damon. Damon. Oh yeah, he's at eight under T twenty. Higgs will might probably playing himself in right now. He's at eightieth. So what about someone like uh, Jim's at eighty sixth? Ooh, Gim needs a couple good rounds then. What about someone like uh, Max Homa? Max Homa's T sixty four right now. In what's he uh, at in the FedEx Cup right now? Give me a moment. Couple guys missed the Adam Scott missed the cut. He's probably out for next week. But yeah, Watson missed the cut. He's, he's out for he's next week. He's definitely gonna be out. Morikawa missed the cut. He's not out. He's, he's not, not out. out. He's number one, but missed the cut this week. Yeah, so DJ too. Oh wow, I didn't even see that. So did Phil. Oh, Phil made the playoffs. So Phil made the playoffs every year then, still right? So Phil Matt Kuchar did too. Yeah, Phil made it. He's just not gonna make it to the second round. Yeah. Quote unquote. I cannot find Max Homa on this fucking list. Don't say on here. Uh, Either he's, way, he's, just... he's good. He's fine. He's at 26th. Oh, wow. So, yeah. he, so he should be in the top 70. Um, who do we like? To who who do you all? like to close it out? I mean, it's or hard to go Northern against Ron. Tr- I mean, right? in the Northern Trust, not the. Right, right, yeah. Let's just go Northern Trust for now. So if there wasn't a, a delay. I would say ride the hot hand of Cam Smith, but I think John Rahm just playing out of this world. Well, plus you got to think, so Rahm's playing kind of steady. You got to think yeah. Cam Smith is going to have kind of a a down round after a. 60. Well, he was. They're asking a bunch of players like what they're going to do, and he was Cam Smith's like honestly, like, I'm exhausted. I'm probably going to try to sleep in. Like the the emotional high right. and the adrenaline's is it drained me. So I kind of like the spot that JT's in. Two back, won't be in the final group. He's going to go just fire at everything. And he'll be you know who I don't like? Tony Finau. I mean, he is he is known to not finish. He's got, so. no, he's got no chance. I mean, if we're looking at guys that are three or more strokes I back. Do, I mean, you got to love Kepka and Shoffley at, at five back. I do like I like Hovland as well. Being three oh, yeah, back. Hovland's only three back. What about if you had to take an early shot in the dark at the FedEx Cup winner? Who are you going with? FedEx? Uh I mean, it would not surprise me if Bryson just played out of his mind. 
going forward after this week right. and, and go, win it. I'm going with a big uh, big win for Shoffley. Shoffley? I think Shoffley's going to win one of the next two events. Either the Tour Championship or the one before that, and I think he's going to he's going to be set up nice if, after this week. If Shoffley does win one of the events and he wins the FedEx Cup playoff, you could put him higher in the conversation of player of the year then. If you yeah, include the Olympics. I think I just think the Olympics is going to be like a jumping off point for him moving forward. Yeah. I think he's going to be lights out in the Ryder Cup. We'll have to get... It's a whole other topic. Ryder, Ryder Cup, Cup be, but... <coughs> okay. All right. Well, we'll see how this thing plays out tomorrow. Uh, we have a fantasy football draft, as, a, as many do over the next couple of weeks, but we have one tonight. This is your... Yeah. The league I run. The league that you run for how many years now? Uh, so, I've been running it probably 10 mm-hmm. years, but it's been the same league since 2005 or six. Wow. It's about 15 years now. <clears throat> okay. So, th- I mean, we, this is a pretty standard setup. We do PPR, right? Yeah, we're probably the most archaic setup of fantasy football now. This is the league that is like... We actually do now PPR, but there's... It's a bread and butter just one quarterback one quarterback one defense one we just added a flex to this league it's just kind of like i don't like when every league's the same i just like to be in different types of leagues yeah i'm in a ton of leagues now like i'm now in your keeper league i'm in two dynasty leagues this is just like that standard not a ton of thought has to be put into this as much as like those other leagues this is kind of the the relaxation league i would call it so in in a so in, in a standard setup league, whether it's PPR or non-PPR, do you have a general strategy going into the draft, or is it more just round by round, you're just looking at value and who's available? I mean, it depends on where like you're, you're drafting. Yeah. Uh, if you're like but, me but at you, the first pick, I'm probably... Right, but I'm saying like, in normal scenario, regardless of where you're picking in the first round, I shoot are you most likely going... Running back first two rounds. Are you one of those guys? So not necessarily anymore. I used to be, just because there's more consistency in like who the bell cows were when people were rushing. You, now it's more running back by committee. committee. You don't have You're, anyone that's really taking the whole, correct. The whole so load. I'm a big fan of not necessarily the no running back strategy is what people call it, but you draft one stud running back. And then you fill. You, got three, you go wide out heavy. You got three, snag a tight end, and then circle back and. And you go like three backups to fill yeah, your second correct. running back. Slot. Yeah, you okay. go. You run three three running backs around six between and, around six and ten. You're running. And obviously that shifts a little bit if you have a flex or don't have a flex, right? Correct. Because if you have a flex and you can go running back heavy, that could be to the detriment to the rest of the league, right? Correct. Because running backs are, you know, obviously not as readily available as receivers in the in the pass-heavy league that the NFL is now. In drafting first, you have to go running back, or else you're just yeah. going to have dog shit there yeah, you're, when you're, you come you're, back. You're giving away too much value if you don't take yeah. a running back. Because you got about, I don't know, six, seven running backs that are but in the that, top it's, tier. Yeah. It's usually... I mean, I don't have I don't have like a set list of like, all right, I must have these players. There's yeah. players in my mind that I know I won't draft no matter what. Right. But... I just kind of let see what happens. This league's always wacky. Like the, I remember the first year that I was in it, uh, Rob McNeil yeah. was, which no one knows who this is, I'm not sure why I'm saying him by name, but a guy in the league went tight end, tight end kicker. Jesus. Went Tony Gonzalez, 
uh, Antonio Gates, and I don't remember what kicker he drafted. He won the league. Oh my god! Somehow that year he had to get so lucky at running back. Yeah, or like an early early season like pickup running I, back. I couldn't up. tell you who the rest, like the rest of his team was. This is fifteen years ago. Yeah, but this league always has. Well, we a have wild a, card. the one guy Ryan always drafts. Almost always drafts a wideout in the first like two rounds. Correct, and he usually has like three quarterbacks. Yeah. So you always, his team's always good though. He's good. I mean, in general, he's good. He, he's, he's good a, at fantasy. He's football. very good at this trading. I mean, he wins like every trade he makes throughout yeah. the season. Like maybe that's a strategy. Like I'm just gonna hoard players that people I know will want later, and I get so much value out of it right. down the line. Yeah. But yeah, he's probably the most consistent person. I feel like usually I'm at the bottom because I have I have the. I like to draft players I like. You're more of sometimes. a boom, boomer bust. Yeah, like, like, oh, I like this guy. He was fun to watch in college. I'll just draft him and maybe maybe I hit on it. <laughs> or, like, my team is just dog shit. That'll happen. Um, yeah, I end up somewhere in the middle all the time. It's usually one injury that ends up screwing me. I, I normally end up, the past couple of years, I end up pretty weak with the second running back slot. And I've gotten just screwed the past couple of years. Like, I, I've always had the guy that was, you know, rated in the top ten at running back and ends up doing nothing. Like, I had Joe Mixon, I'm pretty yeah. sure, last year who missed most of the season. Joe Mixon's perpetually that running back that gets over, it gets drafted high and just ends up it's being another, like a, a 10 to 18, 18th running back. Another year, though, where I feel like he's very highly rated and he should be a beast, and it just... It's a matter of can the line, can the Bengals the Bengals offense, offense line sucks right can they they suck can, right um, Saquon Barkley I'll never draft again yeah I've been burned by him twice now he's he's got some injury concerns coming off a torn that ACL. offense line also sucks so yeah do do you feel like this year though I I kind of feel like there's a lot it's a lot deeper at running back than I feel like in years past. Again, this goes back to multiple people being used. Maybe it's PPR a di- definitely helps out. Maybe it's a diluted enough running back class that the, there's like there's so many teams that don't have a bell cow that everyone's just kind of correct. I mean, the the teams that are going to run one guy, there's only one team that comes out they're going to run Derek Derek Henry Titans, will be yeah. like the Derek will be like the only running back that's going to rush for right. maybe Zeke Zeke, but they have a. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, who's a good change of pace. And their back. line is so good, they don't need to Correct. run um, Zeke into the ground. I mean, there's there's a lot of value, I think, at running back later on in the draft. I, no, I agree with you. So I, I I'm not going to divulge too much because you're in the league with me. Right. So I think that's what makes this year's draft interesting, though, is a lot of the times it's like, oh, well, shit, if I don't have one of those top four running backs, I'm going to have to go wide out. But I feel like it's so deep this year at both positions, I think it makes the draft very interesting to see how people go. I just can't wait for someone to draft like a like the Ryan guy will draft a defense. We'll leave it. We'll leave it to 12. young Guido J. Rizzo to mispronounce people's names and, yeah. t- and take people far too high. Even though he did well in the league last year, so hats off to him. I just I'm setting the over under at people drafting people who've already already been, already been drafted at like three and a half. It'll happen yeah. multiple. But that's what, also what we get though for not doing like online draft. Yeah, like the in person version. I mean, I'll have I'll have a board in front right, of me. Right, right, right. So who's so just in general? Let's go like an easy guy to draft first or second round. Let's say let's say we're talking about your second pick at at twenty at twenty. Who's the easy guy if he falls to you that you that you think might be there? I mean, depending on what shakes out. Even though we just talked about because you're him, going running back, the yeah, first pick, first pick so. going running back. 
I mean, at 20, if Joe Mixon is still there, I would draft oh, him, yeah. to be honest. I don't think and, you would hate, and you would hate it. I would hate it. <laughs> um, but that's a player that if he's at 20 or, you know, maybe if Antonio Gibson falls. Like, it, yeah. usually it's it's players that I must, that I'm going to have to be a no-brainer. like one of the fringe top tier, like, yeah, I yeah, guess, yeah. like top 10 running backs. Yeah. That's not still make it to the 20th pick. Yeah. Then you have to fire it. I'm, I'm going to end up in the receiver boat. I think I have the fourth pick. So that second pick, it's going to come down to which one of those top-tier running backs is still there, if any. Like, could Aaron Jones possibly still be there at 14? Are enough people going to take receiver to leave someone like him or like uh, like uh, Nick Ch- Not Probably not Nick Chubb, but like Joe, I mean Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon would definitely be there at, uh, at 16 for you. But someone like, I'm trying to think of a receiver, like maybe like a Calvin Ridley. Might, would probably Calvin still be Ridley, there at that So point. I was drafted third in another league, and Calvin Ridley was my second round pick. I don't hate that. So With I went, Julio gone, he's the I man went Kamara, now. So that's my only Kamara Calvin. So that's the only thing about Ridley that scares me. Is granted they do have. Uh, what do they've got Kyle Pitts. They have Kyle Pitts now, but like Calvin Ridley is the man. So yes. Without Julio there. What what kind of production are you going to get out of Ridley? Granted, he had enough games where Julio was hurt to where he showed that he is a number one. It's probably the same question people are asking about A.J. Brown as well. Like, okay, now that Corey Davis is gone, do they just, is, does A.J. Brown... But they have Julio. I know. Like, but Julio's still injury-prone injury yeah, older. True, so. True. so my kind of sleeper pick... Not even a sleeper pick. It depends how far he falls. He's probably he's definitely not a sleeper because he's a tier one wide receiver. But we'll see how far he falls. Uh, scary Terry McLaren in Washington for the Washington football team. Currently, Washington football yeah, team could we were, change soon. We were just talking about their terrible potent, potential team names. Be the Washington States. So they have they have eight names that they've narrowed it down to: the Armada, the Brigade, the Commanders, the Defenders, the Presidents. The Red Hogs, the Red Wolves, and keeping it at the Washington football team. So they've narrowed it down to three from that list, but they didn't reveal what that list is. I really hope it's the Red Hogs. I hope it's. I don't hate the Commanders, but it seems like an X, like a XFL or a uh, yeah or arena football team. Yeah. Uh, give me the Washington Presidents from that list. I hate it's so bad that it might be so bad that it's because. Think about like the logo. Is it going to be like a dollar bill? Like you can't. I mean, they would. The Washington Presidents would probably be the worst name of oh, for sure. All of those for sure. For the pick from like a, I guess a marketable standpoint of like what can you sell right. and what's it going to look like? Yeah. Uh, Red Hogs. I love Red Hogs. I hope that's the name. I. That seems keeping ju- it Washington Football Team would just kind of give it like a nice like Premier League, you know, <laughs> football club, you know, Arsenal Football Club. Style. I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, uh, McLaren, now that Curtis Samuel is in Washington, and the great Ryan Fitzpatrick, for now. For now. Um, I think he has a ton of possibilities. Well, he was already good last year with essentially no quarterback. And now I mean, that he's, he, a, he's a beast. And now that they have someone on the other side to take away some coverage... I think he's going to have a great year. I mean, not really a sleeper pick like you had mentioned. No, not a sleeper, but 
I mean, I'm, this isn't a sleeper pick. I'm just going to say if, like, I'm seriously contemplating potentially taking Elvin Kamara number one. I think he's going to have a great year this year. I won't do it because that's just the the variance there, the risk of taking him one. The over. volume and the fact that he might not get goal line <clears throat> carries. Correct. And, so, and you don't know guy. about the quarterback in New Orleans. That's one guy that I would be like, I would, wouldn't be mad about taking at like three or maybe yeah. even at two if I had to. From a, a sleeper standpoint, I think OBJ has a big big, uh, big year. bounce back. You're talking about a guy who was probably like a top 12 pick for a couple of years in a yeah. row. Who's on track to be like a Hall of Fame receiver and has had two. Who might be what? Meh. Fourth round pick, maybe? Four to six, typically. Exactly. Depending on how many teams you have. Like, it's a 10 team league, so it wouldn't shock me if That's he went cool. in the fifth or sixth round. And you could see easily see him blowing up. Well, especially with like the players that are around. Like, he's, if you look at the, the rankings, he's sandwiched between a bunch of rookie run or young running backs, Javante Williams, Michael Carter, both rookies. And then Melvin Gordon is around him, and, and Chase Edmonds, who like, I don't think I'd ever thought I'd be like, oh, do I draft Chase Edmonds Chase or Edmund, OBJ? Little, little scat back guy, he's yeah. But you wouldn't be thinking that OBJ is going to be in the you know fifth, sixth round, right? If you asked that question two years ago, for sure. Do you have any busts? Who's your bust going to be? Um, like a top twenty player that's just going to be dog shit. Top twenty player. That's going to not be any good. I don't want to jinx a guy because I I think he's good for football, but I could easily see Saquon getting hurt again. Okay, I don't think he'd get hurt. I just, that team is still not very good from an offensive line standpoint. And that's dangerous, especially when you have a quarterback that's kind of on like a bubble year. Yeah. So I think Saquon could be... One I don't really like Jonathan Taylor, but the offensive line is too good in Indianapolis for him to be not a top so, player. So it, I really like him. I think he's one of the most dynamic players in the league. But I think taking a step back and borderline, not really bust, but taking a step back this year, Aaron Jones. So they have a new stat this year, run blocking win rate. And with the people that they lost on the offensive line in Green Bay... They're expecting the Packers to have the biggest drop in that stat from last year to this year, which does not bode well for Aaron uh, Aaron Jones. And there was another stat. It was like projections of people to score less touchdowns than they did a year ago. And Aaron Jones was like top three on that list. Yeah, well, flip side of that, no more Jamal Williams. He's here in Detroit. True. But then do they Ooh, start I, feeding I A.J. That. Dillon more? I love that guy. Jamal Williams is a beast. He just like maxes out. When he gets ten touches a game, he just is all out on those ten touches, and he's good efficiency. He, yeah, I like uh, Justin Jefferson, the rookie for the Lions. I think he's going to be Jamar Jefferson. Or Jamar, Justin sorry. Jefferson is the awesome yeah, receiver. The receiver. For the Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State. I wonder if they're going to have him return kicks. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, depends what how uh, we're kind of just getting off. Yeah, just rambling on. But depends on what how Swift's injury ends up. Being like, I think they're just if, it, if it's more lingering, yeah. I, don't, I think Jamar Jefferson sees more snaps. Yeah, I don't know, it'll be interesting. We'll have to do a whole separate download on the Lions, and we're gonna do a full I don't know about a full fantasy football. We'll do some fantasy football, football updates with yeah, 
some key players in the league. So, all right. Well, good luck in the draft tonight. Thanks for uh, thanks for hosting the pod. We'll uh, we'll get back together soon. You have a golf trip coming up this weekend. Yeah, up the Shandy Creek, last one of the year. Which, just to get out there, the handicaps that are done for this golf trip are just ridiculous. And they're only calculated for this based golf off, trip. Yeah, based off the trip. And this trip is a very drinking forward trip. Even with that said, my handicap is almost 40 for this trip. Oh, Jesus. So if I don't win, I might not even come back on the you podcast. Just leave your clubs up north. Yeah, just yeah, throw them into Torch Lake yeah. is what I'm well, going we'll to do. To change the name of the pot or something. But then on the other hand, if I do win, we're going to have to change how the handicap is calculated <laughs> for this thing because my real life handicap it. is about 25 we'll strokes left. rule because yeah. you, you broke the system. Yeah, I broke the system finally. Nice. All right, well... Good luck on the trip. Uh, good luck to everybody out there who's still playing in their golf league playoffs. Uh, both of our leagues, can, my leagues, conclude next week. So good luck to all those participating. And uh, everybody out there who's still practicing, still playing, you know what to do. Keep it under 100. Rizzo, we'll see you in a little while. But first, uh, take us home here. When you grab all your buds and you about to hit the links When you take out a club and you about to hit a swing What you gon' do? Shit, what you mean? Keep it under, keep it under, under hundred 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 We keep it under, a hundred